breaking through to the heart of a prideful person on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Amy, this week on the podcast, we are talking about arrogant people. In particular, we are talking about the kind of person that many of us know, some of us are, and they, in their arrogance, refuse to admit when they are wrong. They just don't see it, they deny it, they ignore it, and this is a problem that causes tons of frustration in the lives of many people, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say that this is a really hard place to be in when you're in a relationship with someone who just is blind to their own pride. Maybe you've even confronted them about it and they say, I don't see anything wrong, I don't understand where you're coming from. So how would you say that we should handle this situation? You know, the first thing I would say about this is that we should try, if we can at all, to see that arrogant person who won't listen to correction, who won't admit their sin. We should try to see them as something of a gift to us because what they're doing is they're holding up an example of what not to be. We don't want to be that. We, As we interact with them, we're seeing, hey, this is where this kind of stiff-necked, hard heart response gets you, and so we want to fight that. And so it can serve as a blessing in our life to remind us to fight against, uh, in our own lives, what we see in someone else's. And so what that would mean is when someone comes to you to confront you, that is an opportunity for you to avoid being like this person that you're concerned about. And it reminds us to look for an opportunity to confess our own sins. We we all can fall prey to this temptation of denial and self-justification. And so the gift of dealing with this kind of person is it reminds us not to be that way in, when people approach us. And so, hey, when somebody comes to you and says, I'm concerned about something you did, here's what you did that was wrong, it reminds us to really think hard about, okay, Lord, show me my sin Help me to be honest, reveal to me where there's a wicked way in me, and be the kind of people who are cultivating a readiness to confess our own sin. So if we're going to pursue the kind of humility that we want to see in them, that's not really breaking through to their heart yet. We're just using this as an opportunity for our own sanctification. But when we really want to help that person see their sin, then in addition to pursuing humility in your own life, I would say portray the humility that you want to see from them. So the problem is they don't admit that they're wrong. They never confess their sin. They never change. Well, one way that you can sort of disarm them is to communicate to them in very personal terms about areas where you struggle, areas where you have um sinned, areas where you've had a hard heart and you've had to wrestle with the same kinds of things or in the same kind of way uh, that this person is struggling with. It's kind of the model of David and Nathan. Um, Nathan is able to soften David's defenses in the aftermath of his adultery with Bathsheba and murder of Uriah by helping him to think about a sinful situation with somebody else that 
David's never heard of before. And as David looked at that situation and evaluated it in another person's life, he felt a level of justice about it that he wouldn't have felt perhaps if Nathan had just confronted him with his own sin. And so I'm saying what we can do is that same thing. We can help people kind of soften the defenses in their heart by sharing very personally about our own struggles, by opening up and kind of setting the tone and the precedent. Hey, let me tell you where I struggle. Let me tell you what the Lord has taught me. And that can... We pray, uh, help someone feel more comfortable and safe in an environment with us where they can be honest about their own struggles and their own sins. Uh, another thing I would say, if that doesn't get you anywhere, and it might not, uh, if it doesn't get you anywhere, then the Bible encourages us to go and try to point out the sins of people with help. So uh, Jesus in Matthew 18 uh, we'll say, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault just between you and him alone. And if he listens, great, you've won your brother. But if he doesn't listen to you, take a few others along with you. So Jesus is encouraging a very practical means of you've got somebody who's guilty of sin. They're not listening to you. Jesus says, raise the stakes a little bit. Bring some people along with you who can testify to the truthfulness of what you are saying and who can testify to the sinfulness and the danger that this person is in. And so don't just struggle alone trying to help this person see their sin, but get some help. Uh, bring some others along with you to point it out. Another thing I would say is pray. Look, I think in many ways this is the hardest problem. You can fix any problem. By God's grace, with the resources in Scripture, any problem in living is fixable if someone will admit their problem and will listen to counsel. If somebody is going to be hard-headed and stiff-necked and is not going to listen to anything you have to say, is going to take no advice, then it doesn't matter if the problem is relatively small or if the problem is relatively big. They're going to be stuck because they never admit it. And so, this reminds us that the Lord is sovereign over the human heart. I'm not even sovereign over my own heart, much less over the heart of Christians that I care about. God is in control of our hearts. And so we need to pray to the Lord over the human heart and just ask him to do what only he can do. James will tell us that we don't have because we don't ask. And so we should ask, Lord, would you change the heart of this man? Would you soften the heart of this woman? Would you, would you be God in this situation and change them? And, and then as we pray, I think that reminds us to trust the Lord with this person. You know, Isaiah, he had a really hard ministry. He was told in Isaiah chapter 6 that he would preach to people who would never, ever listen to him. Isaiah was faithful to preach and teach the truth, but he preached and taught the truth to people with hard hearts who refused to listen. But that same Isaiah that would preach and nobody would ever hear, he was confident that the word of God never went out and returned void. He knew the Lord was accomplishing his good purposes in the preaching of the truth, even when people didn't receive it well. And so we can trust that uh, when the Lord uses our involvement in the life of someone to stiffen their neck, or when the Lord uses our involvement in the life of someone to soften their heart, that he is working his good purposes in their life and in ours too. And even when we're frustrated with a hard, sinful heart, we can still have confidence that a good God is working in it to accomplish good things. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. 
We exist at ACBC because we want the church to grow up in their ability to care for one another as we deal with life's problems. We want you to nurture this skill. We want the people in your church to nurture this skill. And one of the ways that we do that is by offering training in how to do counseling and discipleship. We are offering a new opportunity for you to receive this training online. And so if you would like to learn how to do this from right where you are, then you can visit us at www.biblicalcounseling.com.